roughly 31% of those that have access to a 401k are not participating. Imagine that. This is Greg Weimer, partner with Confluence Financial Partners. Welcome to our Imagine That podcast. Today's an interesting day. Well, first of all, it's interesting because we're in our new building in the South Hill, so that's fun. So this is our first podcast. It feels meaningful that we're in our first podcast in the new building. But also, we have two newer associates with us, Mario Haifa and Brian Stout. I'll get into who they are in a minute. But for the listeners, whether you're a current client or potential client or just an interested listener... You know, if I were you, I'd be saying, okay, so why in the world would I listen to this? Is it what is it corporate services? I'm not a corporate. And like, what is that? We're going to intro our corporate services department and why we think it's so important to helping folks prove their outcome. Second, we're going to talk about trends in the 401k and benefits uh, arena. And then third, we're going to talk about what we need to do together to improve outcomes. And so right now, someone's saying, okay, that's cool, but I'm not an employee. I'm already retired. Does this matter to me? And I would say that if you have a, if you have a child, if you have a loved one, if you, if you know someone that owns a business, like this is, this is major stuff going on right now. And if you care about them and you really want them to help to increase their outcome, if you could just help them think differently about how they're organizing their benefits, how they're preparing for their retirement. There's an epidemic going on right now with, I think, people not being prepared. I think it's a virus. You know, the coronavirus, hopefully, God willing, is coming to an end. The virus that continues is there are people that working today that have, they do not have an, a, a likelihood of being able to retire, and they, and they have to work, and they don't have financial freedom, and that's tragic. It's tragic for employers. It's tragic for employees because if an employer has an employee that would rather not be there, that's not good. And then there's people that aren't fully protected. There's, there's benefits that we need to make sure people have that in case there's an unexpected you know, setback, are they covered? And so, you know, you know it, this, is an important, this is an important conversation. It's an important conversation for the community. So just think as you're listening, you know, who can I talk to? How can we help? And working together, we can really make a difference in people's lives. So Brian, if you could introduce yourself and, you know, a little bit about, you know, where you've been and then why you came to Confluence Financial Partners, then we'll turn it over to Mario. I get the rest. Go ahead, Brian. Thanks, Greg. My name is Brian Stout. I am the Director of Retirement Consulting, and I have been in the retirement industry for, I guess, going on 25 years now. And um, you know, I've spent time working with national retirement plan record-keeping companies. I've spent time at, at smaller regional retirement consulting firms and recently joined Confluence a few months ago. And really just joined because I loved Greg's passion and I love the passion here at Confluence to change people's lives, to make differences, and to really have my fingerprints on the process of helping small to mid-sized companies in the region, as well as helping their participants you know, reach, their, reach their retirement goals. And that's, that's what my job's all about, and that's what I wake up enjoying doing every day. Wonderful. Mario. My name is Mario Haifa. I'm uh, the director of insurance consulting here at uh, Confluence Financial Partners, representing corporate services. Had the pleasure of working in the insurance business for uh, over 20 years. I've had the opportunity to represent mostly on the voluntary benefit side. Uh, a lot of you may have heard of the Aflac Duck. Uh, that that was my previous background for a long time. Served in various roles, but primarily working with small to mid-sized uh, business owners in the community here in Western Pennsylvania, throughout Pennsylvania, and nationally. Uh, the why why uh, uh, Confluence made uh, 
uh, an opportunity for me to be here. Um, I just love their their foundational approach and and how they take care of their clients. And when Greg and I talked uh, last fall, and we we just started talking about what what Confluence does and and the the years I served in the insurance business, um, it just made so much sense to bring that. Uh, years of experience into a firm like this and serve their clients and not only their existing but future clients uh, differently. And I think Greg said it better, best earlier. Um, how does benefits play a role in your retirement and in your future? And I truly feel benefits can have an important impact on the decisions you make today to protect tomorrow's um, investments that you're making. Welcome, both of you. So fired up to have you. And I'll just give you an insight. Like just yesterday morning, I think it was morning, right? When we went in the whiteboard room, that was like fun. So we go into, so we're, we're, we're saying, how do we reinvent, you know, corporate services? How do we really help employees and employers? So we went in, we have a, we have a room here that's the, all four walls are, are as a, as a grease board. So we went in there with markers, scribbled all over the walls and really we were brainstorming about how we can help employers and employees. So, um, okay, I got, let's, let's just, for me, it's an elephant in the room. What in the world's up with that duck? Let's, let's start there. Like everybody, everybody talks about like AFLAC and voluntary benefit, you know, in, in like the kid from Johnstown, right. That just thinks the duck is like a cool commercial. What's the importance of a voluntary benefit? that Aflac would represent. Absolutely. And, and Aflac certainly is the biggest player in the marketplace, but ever since the duck, uh, through evolution of benefits, and one thing I've noticed over the last 20 years, a lot of different companies entered the space. And the why behind it is, you know, health insurance and benefits offered at an at a employer uh, through a corporate insurance spend are essential to a foundational approach to benefits. You know, they take care of your hospitals and doctors when you get sick or hurt, right? But one of the things that always uh, seemed to be a blind spot and why I felt voluntary benefits played such an essential role in the overall benefit package of an employee offering was that out-of-pocket exposure that was the blind spot. And most employers do. Um, could that be the deductible or no? It Different. could be the deductible, right. but mostly, I, and a question I ask employers all the time, what do you have in place if your employee had to leave work because their spouse or child was going through something? Some of them will say short-term disability, but that covers the employee. And I remind them to say if their employee or spouse was going through a major accident illness. So ultimately what so here, Here's a great stat that, that sort of backs that up. Sure. Because, you know, one of the things you can do, right, is you could, uh, you, another voluntary benefit would be disability. Is that sure. true? Yeah. So sure. I just read this this morning. It makes no sense, by the way. I'm reading this stat and like people <laughs> don't even think about like what it's saying. I think I can interpret what they're trying to say. Right. So, but I was reading about this. It says most Americans are better prepared financially to die than to become disabled. Here's what these people write and no one questions. Although the chances are at least three to five times greater of a disability occurring. Now I'm going to tell you, you're way more likely to die than become disabled. Like, right. like that's just a given, right? Sure. I think what they're saying is if you buy a term insurance, like more people buy like life insurance and don't use it right. than like a voluntary benefit like disability, right? right? So there's an example. A absolutely. So uh, ultimately the foundational idea of a voluntary benefit is to help people maintain the lifestyle they were used to before they got sick or hurt, right? And if, if somebody goes through an accident or, or major health event, these programs are going to put cash in hand to these policyholders, 
to help them maintain the lifestyle they were used to. And whatever they do with this money is up to them. They can use it for house payments, car payments, putting groceries on the table. Certainly they can use it for copay and deductible, but that's not the element that affects them the most, the copay and deductible. It's the cost of living. Just maintaining that lifestyle. Okay, so I got more stats. Like you're, you're like, you're like saying things. I'm, I'm trying to learn about this, right? Um, so, um, so I'm not trying to kill everybody with stats, but like nearly 46 percent of all foreclosures on conventional mortgages are caused by a disability. Only two percent by homeowner's death. So when you think of like, right? So you think about that. Something happens, and you and you have to foreclose. Um, here, here is something else. Most income owners, regardless of income level, so the more you make, the more you spend, have spending commitments that consume 65 to 75% of their normal cash flow. So what that means is, like, like, there's not much margin for error there. So if something happens, like you're saying, Mario, then these, these folks, they need something to protect them during that incident that happens on that 65 to 75% of their income. Greg, the, the reality is 65% of employees have less than $1,000 set aside in savings for a catastrophic event, like a cancer situation, a heart attack, a major accident. So why does voluntary make the most sense today? You know, during a pandemic, post-pandemic, whatever happens, these programs can have a significant impact in a positive way to help people maintain that lifestyle they were used to before that took place. And then think about what that means to the culture, the structure, and the fabric of the company. Hundred percent. Right. So you yeah. have you have these offerings that you that you can that you can give to people and it allows them to protect themselves. Right. And the and the employer, right. you know, has has an employee that that doesn't have this financial crisis that affects every aspect of their life including their work life balance etc so um you know what let's pause there spoiler alert well like i think let's go to a hook or whatever it is i don't know let's keep talking about that but let's go to 401k let's go to retirement because the because the, the change even you know i started the business in 1986 and and they and 401ks weren't that big back then and the change and the trend in 401ks and the shift of responsibility almost like voluntary benefits right it's like you know it used to be the company paid for everything and you know everything was paid for now it's like there's personal responsibility we got to own that we also have to own it in 401ks so um brian could you just give a like a like background of 401ks what's going on and the importance of them today and some of the things you're saying yeah certainly so you know as you alluded to greg you know we were coming from an environment where you know my my my, my father worked for 30 some years at, at Bell Telephone Company, right? Which, my dad worked for the gas company. For, yeah, it's like same type of thing. Yep. yep. So all he had to do is show up for work every day and put in his time. And at the end of the 30, 35 year run, he walked away with an annual pension. So Bell Telephone Company would pay him X dollars per month just because of his years of service. Well, those pension plans just became exorbitantly expensive for corporations to continue to maintain. It was just a financial burden. So we've shifted from this pension plan, defined benefit plan world to a defined contribution world where it really is incumbent upon the employee or I'll refer to it also as the plan participant, to save. It's on us to save for our retirement with hopefully a little bit of employer contribution to help boost our retirement savings. But the onus is now on the employee. And unfortunately, what the numbers are, are showing us, and the statistics are bearing this out, is employees are, are woefully you know, underprepared. They're not saving enough. 
I think they're overwhelmed by the decisions that they now have to make. And I, and I think that that's the impact that we can make here, both on the voluntary benefit side, because I think there's an element of folks just don't understand these benefits that are being offered, much in the same way with, with 401ks. I think employees just don't understand, what am I supposed to do? I have a myriad of investment choices that I now have to choose from. How much am I supposed to save? Uh, I'm paycheck to paycheck, and now you're asking me to, to try to wring the washcloth a little bit more and save more into the 401k. So those are the types of struggles and challenges that employees have. And really, that's why I think we are layering on top of our uh, delivery kind of a more of holistic approach, right? It's, it's easy just to show up at a workplace and say, yep, everyone should save more. Well, you know what? What if you can't save more? So let's take a more holistic approach and let's figure out what are those barriers that are preventing that employee from saving into the plan or saving more into the plan. And if we can start to knock down some of those barriers and we can kind of clear a path for, you know, what I'll call a, a more uh, prepared financial wellness. And, and those are the types of things that, that, you know, I'm passionate about, that we care about here in the in, inside of the building. And those are the changes that I think that we can help to implement going forward. Because when someone gets to the, the age where they want, they want freedom and they don't want to work anymore, and so if they get to whatever that age, 60, 65, 70. So, so what, what, what's really important for us to work with the employer and employee on is when you get to that age, it is in everybody's best interest that we help you prepare to be ready for that date. Because if you're not ready for that date, first of all, you don't want to be there. And if you don't want to be there, you're probably not putting your best foot forward. It becomes really expensive for employers and, and, and it becomes, un, you know, the, the employees are unhappy. So we need to help. And by the way, not everybody can save more, but there are a chunk of people that can. So like if we can get people just 2%, if we can get them to just save 2% more, just 2% more, the difference that means in their life is huge. meaningful. It, it really is. It, and it doesn't huge. even reduce their income 2%, right? I mean, like they got to understand that. Yeah, a absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the, the whole variable here is when you're saving into a, a qualified retirement plan is these are pre-tax dollars that, that are going into the account. So putting in a dollar into the plan actually, you know, has, has tax benefits to you because it's not a full dollar coming out of, out of your, your taxable income. So you know, it's it's this challenge though of trying to teach employees that that you know what whatever your your line of work may be, you know, fortunately this this four hundred one k plan is is kind of forcing people into becoming kind of quasi 401k financial specialist. And this isn't what, what most employees signed up for. So that's really our role. And that's what I see, you know, my role as, as the director here of our consulting department is, is really putting forward the messaging that meets people where they are, right? So um, I'm in my 50s, right? So I care about different things at my stage of life than a 26-year-old. But the customary approach that's been put together in, in our industry is you pull a presentation off the shelf, show up at the workplace, and everyone hears the same message. That doesn't work, right? So what I care about is a heck of a lot different than somebody just starting out their, their career. And we need to make sure that we're delivering customized, tailored messaging, meeting people where they are in life. And, um, and I think that that will hopefully move the needle and get people to understand the importance of saving, the importance of saving more, and starting just to make more prudent financial decisions. You know, we talked a little bit earlier about 
you know, the importance of voluntary benefits and, and trying to, you know, take some of that financial stress off of the table. I see a ton of 401k loan applications come through because of people having medical issues that come up, they can't pay their bills, so they take 401k loans, which diminishes their, their pot of money. And it just creates this cycle of, instead of uh, using the 401k plan as a savings account, unfortunately, it, it becomes more of a bank account where they try to put a dollar in and, and take 50 cents out. And that's just not going to lead to very strong retirement outcomes. So if I'm in a 401k and if I'm an employer, I'm an employee, you know, here's seven things I just scribbled down as you were speaking. One, most people don't even know there's a Roth 401k option. And if your 401k doesn't have a Roth 401k, we got to talk about that. Two, target date funds are not all the same. Some people are like, they're, they're very different, not based on the date. There's some to and through. We should talk about that. Communication. Communication inside of companies is not good around their benefits. I actually think we can do better at that at Confluence. Uh, match. The employers that make a match, I don't even think they get the credit that they deserve for in the total compensation, the match that's in there. Participation. Participation's low. In fact, I have a stat. It's 38% it's, uh, of people that are in, that have a 401k, 31%, I'm sorry, that have a 401k available to them don't even participate. That's tragic. Asset allocation. You know, it's just the asset allocation that people are doing. We see it all the time with our existing clients. We try to help them, but the asset allocation, not good. They don't understand that, you know, they're going to, this is the last money they're going to be using for income. We can talk about that. And then people timing. Oh, the market's too high. They go to cash. The market's too, you know what I mean? Or they, or they pick the, they pick the fund that did the best uh, last year. I'd pick the fund that did the worst as long as it's not a bond fund. So like, it's just, it's just, so a lot going on there, right? Okay, Mario, if I'm an employer and I'm an employee, there's a lot of voluntary benefits. I'm learning that like you could, you could insure yourself away from everything, right? Sure. From, from identity theft to cancer to mental illness, whatever. If you would tell, if you were, for the listeners, if you would say the one or two voluntary benefits that are like the must-haves. You know, like if you're in business, first thing you do, blue suit. Blue suit, gray suit, second. What are our blue suit and gray suit of voluntary benefits? It's a great question. But be before I answer that, Greg, that Brian said something when I had the chance to meet him a few months ago. I knew quickly how we were going to work together because uh, our, I think our, there's a lot of synergies on his just philosophy and approach um, we had a lot of like-minded ideas, and I think the comp how we complement each other is to understand that this corporate services team is aligned to have a positive impact at the work site. Yeah. And, and by the way, the, the other thing, the other component of that that, that we, are, we talk about a lot that may not be obvious to the listener is that, um, you know, there's a, the, so this is unusual in that the typical... 401k or voluntary benefit. It's not coordinated. You have someone in there that it's different. It's very siloed. It should be more coordinated. And the typical 401k, I can tell you, I've seen this firsthand. The, the, the typical person has one or two, they're one, they're one shot wonders. They have one or two 401ks. It's because they know the owner. So they, so they, they, they get the 401k. They have no team. They have no corporate services. They have no real expertise. It's just like, oh, the owner's buddy. Yeah, well, you're own, just because you're the owner's buddy doesn't mean that you should have the life, the, the financial lives of all the employees in there if you don't have really people that have the experience you guys do. So the other team, part of this team that's important for people to understand, we have a group of, of financial advisors that this is what they do. They work with individuals and they're, they're really good at it. We, are, we, we, have, we have done a great job working with individuals. And so we, our financial advisors can come in and work with the individual 
that's, that's, I think, different. So these guys work with our financial advisors and bring in the whole team. So it is a services. It's a department. It's not just a thing. Okay. Sure. Blue the, suit, gray suit. Blue suit. Uh, the most participated programs are going to be the accident and disability programs. Why? People can relate to accidents every day. I was at uh, my kid's baseball game yesterday coaching them. Kid got hit in the mouth with a ball. I quickly ran off the field. Luckily, there was a dentist uh, watching the game. So long story short, the kid was fine. But people can understand that quickly. And when you have a program that covers accidents every single day on or off the job, and whether Johnny's playing uh, baseball or Susie's play, uh, at gymnastics, it's going to cover you. And so here's the number. thirty-five. If you're 35 years old, right. you have a 50% chance of becoming disabled for a 90-day period or longer before you're 65. Correct. So, so you got a 50% chance. So if, you, if you're running without disability, right. you don't have a net. Like there's no net. you got to have a net. You know, the weekend warrior mentality. People just think they're, uh, depending on what age you are, that, that's a great age that you just shared. Uh, it's the weekend warrior. They, they wanna, they're, they're either working in the yard or they're, they're running a, a, a Tough mutter. What is something that they're doing? They're more vulnerable. Um, but then the second tier, the, the gray suit, is going to be your critical care type programs um, that covers cancers or heart attacks or strokes or uh, things that are, un are unforeseen like that. Um, those are the two. Uh, the, the blue suit's definitely the accident short-term disability approach. And then the second one is going to be mostly the the critical care. That's great. So, you know, for the listeners, I, you know, you may already have these at, at your, at your place of employment. Right. If not, you should probably ask for them because it makes total sense to me when you look at the statistics on accident. And then we've all been affected sure. by someone that we care about sure. having a major medical issue like a cancer or a stroke or something like that. And, um, that is, that is difficult enough. But then when you add the financial stress on top of the medical stress, that's 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 just a dangerous cocktail for a family. So having that and being protected from that hopefully provides peace of mind for folks. It does, and it, you know I, I've shared this with the team internally, and I, I think one of uh, the obligations that we have at corporate services is to make sure health distress doesn't lead to wealth distress. Yeah, yeah. So here, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of as a listener. I'm thinking, okay, I hope I hope people are really like 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 listening and bringing this into their heart, because you know we spend so much time planning where we want to when we want a second home. We spend time planning on where we want to go on vacation, right? Where we're going for dinner, and 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 I, some people say our industry is a little boring. I hope it's not. Like this is this is how we maximize life and maximize legacy. This right. is how we do it. Um, by the way, could you hear that white? It's okay. This is sort of interesting. The white noise. Can you hear the white noise in our firm? Or in the office, this is this is I think hopefully helpful to anyone that's building a building. So in our in this building, we have white noise, and the white noise is because you know our clients rightfully so demand privacy, and so we want to have privacy from office to office. So in the entire in the entire building, we have white noise, so you can't hear from one room to another to protect people's privacy. So that's like Mike uh, just. Just, just looked at me like, what the heck was that? He's the producer of this. And he was like, what the heck was that? A, so that's the white noise. Yep. So I don't know. So I guess that makes it a little more tolerable. Yeah. So so if, if you're not interested in voluntary benefits, 401ks, just come over and listen to our white noise. It's sort of cool. All right. So Brian, I gave you a laundry list of things. Which ones do you think are important to talk about? Well, I got so engrossed listening to you and Mario spoke, speak, I kind of forgot what my laundry list was. Ah. I, I remember target date funds and, and asset allocation. So maybe we, we, we start there, right? Um, so target date funds, this is a, a kind of a, 
a means of investing that has really, really taken shape over, I would say, oh, call it the last eight to 10 years. And, and, and the concept is, um, and it makes just perfect sense. So the target date fund blends you know, stocks, bonds, cash, and it blends all of these, these investing components together into a basket. And that basket is really invested based upon how many years you have until you retire. So someone invested in, let's say, the 2025 fund, that is going to be invested a lot more conservatively than somebody who's investing in the, the 2065 fund because we have a lot longer time to invest, to reap uh, returns, to you know, navigate the waters over a 30-year span versus a five-year time frame. So the, the idea of the target date fund is one in which I think we see the statistics of the target dates are attracting, uh, usually it's about 70 cents of every dollar that's going into a 401k plan goes into a target date fund. And these come in different varieties too. So we have some target date funds that have an end date at age 65, which is the presumed date that, that most uh, employees would, would plan on retiring. We also have some target dates that are set up with a through philosophy, which they are uh, the fund managers are managing that money, typically to what they would predict to be that that individual's death, which would be you know somewhere around the age 80, 85, using actuarial tables. So with that, so let's let's just think about that as a listener. So someone just goes in, they pick a target date fund, 2030. I'm going to pick a target date fund. I think I'm going to return in 2030. At two and through, are could be as different an asset allocation as black and white. And, and by the way, it could cost someone like a really lot of money if they're doing twos. And by the way, I'm not being, I just, no, I'm not being critical. I don't, well, yes, I am, but I don't mean to be mean about it. But a lot of people that are even now talking about, they don't even know the difference between two and through. So they're like putting these two funds in through, uh, and instead of through. And, and it's just like, just that alone. We can come in and we can say you got two or three. We can change it. We could, we could, we could really help your outcome in a meaningful way. Is that fair? Very fair. I would venture to guess if you asked an employer or the retirement plan committee at an employer to or through fund, 99.5% would say, not sure. Don't or the even. owner's buddy that brought Absolutely. it in. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. I mean, they, they, just, they don't. just don't know. They don't know, right? You don't know what you don't and know. And by the way, the two, I mean, you're not, you're retiring. Everybody, like, sometimes the dates of retiring and death or use, you know, there's the same. And it's like a different thing. And by the way, your 401k is the last money you use in planning. So it's not like you get to 65 and most people don't start automatically taking, at least our clients, don't automatically start taking money out of their 401k. They don't touch that until they're 72. They use other assets for the first cash flow because of tax savings. Exactly. So like it's, 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 it's longer term money, but they're still doing the two, which is just bizarre to me. Very true. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting. In fact, we, we came across a, a case recently where there were some individual participants that were in their early thirties and they were investing in a 2015 fund. So you know, even though the, you, you try to put bumpers into place to, to, to keep the, uh, you know, the bowling ball in between the lanes uh, with these target date funds, there are still individuals that are clearly lacking the education, lacking the guidance from, from a financial advisor 
or you know somebody um, who should be in a position of of giving some some advice or guidance, and even there the participant is is unfortunately thinking they're doing the right thing, and they are not. Um, so you know there's there's just a ton of education that needs to be done, and you know I think we're we're well equipped to provide that. So that's a lot of great input, guys. Thank you, and it's. Um I, don't know, I find this really motivating. I, I do. I, I'd like to help. I'd like to think that we can help tens of thousands of employees become retirement ready and, and protect themselves from unforeseen events. And this is a mission that we're on at Confluence. It's an awful lot of fun. And I, and I got to tell you, one of the things that we've got to do to make sure this it works for, for employers and employees, because when you look, I feel like I'm the statistics nut today, but whatever. The top reason cited for increasing benefits are to retain employees, so to keep employees 72%, and to attract new ones 58%. Go into a restaurant, you can't find employees. Go to anywhere, you can't find employees. It, and, 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 a, and a great company is all about employees. Like, if you're as good as your people. Like, we want to attract and retain top talent. And if we can do that, we're going to be great for, we're going to be great for our, for our, for our clients. But you know, you have to have great benefits. And I'll, and I'll just, I'll, I'll let some, I'll let everybody a little peek under the tent. So my partner, Jim Wadding and I, I think everybody, you know, listening knows my, my, Jim and I are partners. And, uh, you know, we, this is about two years ago. You know, we, we try to have a great culture of fun and work hard. And, you know, we have, we have, it's just fun, and and we're really trying to do something special. And we thought, you know, we would take people to Top Golf, and we do, you know, we do, we do whatever. We do things, and we get together, and we do, you know, what, during whatever we do, we try to make it a we try to make it a family atmosphere. And um, Jim, to his credit, said like, you know, we should look at our benefits because our benefits were good, not great. And and so we we actually took a step back and said, you know, we can take people to Top Golf all we want. If we're not protecting and providing for their family through benefits, we're not getting it done. And it's just, it's, it's, um, it's steak, no sizzle. It's big hat with no cattle. Figure out how you're going to say it. So, so we went and we totally revamped and rethought about and, and, and spent a lot of money on our benefits. And, and one of the, th- and the reason I tell you this is we spent a lot of money. We, we match everybody. Everybody gets 3%. We, we pay for some of the employee, pay for some of their family. It was a big spend. And, and, and here's the thing. And, and, and here's, what we, here's where we got to work together. I don't think we've done a good job making sure our associates understand the benefit. That's just honest. Until you guys came in and we really uncovered this itch that companies and employees have. So this is just being honest and seeing a vulnerability and seeing a blind spot for Greg and Jim. And so we actually are now, the three of us, one of the, that's another thing we, we talked about recently is how do we make sure our benefit is actually a benefit? And so you want to talk about how we can come in and we can work with employers because employers spend a lot of money and employees don't appreciate maybe because they don't know. And if an employer, an employee, I mean, if you have 30, 31% of people have a 401k not participating, right? So it's got to stop. It's got to stop. Greg, Greg you, you said it best. And um, I, I think something the pandemic has taught all of us is to have a true vested interest in the people that either work for us, work with us and are dependent on the decisions that we make. And I think the game changer or one of the biggest value props that we bring to the table is the ability to educate and inform, engage at the work site. And when you sit down with somebody and you peel away the layers of their needs, their lifestyle, their budget, and you can be very strategic on the benefits that make the most sense to those three categories and help them understand how that works, 
not only are you protecting the 401k, not only are you protecting that needs lifestyle and budget of that employee, the employer themselves are going to sit back and say, you know what, I've created an environment, not only do I pay them well, or I provide great vacation and sick days, but my employees are happy because they have great benefits and the likelihood of them going down to ABC company and looking somewhere else is going to minimize tremendously. And here at Corporate Services, I truly feel we're equipped with the resources, the talent, the logistics, the partnerships in the marketplace to come in and have that conversation. So in the movie, in the movie Top Gun, they said, Maverick, you have to engage. Maverick, you have to engage. And I guess the, I guess the message to everybody listening is we've engaged. So we've, we've engaged. So we have always been engaged with individuals. We've done an okay job with corporate services and, and corporations. And, and we've always offered to... Um, individuals, please come in and we'll give you a second opinion. I guess today is our way of saying we've engaged. We've engaged in improving outcomes for individuals. We're going to help them be able to retire without worry. And we're going to help them to be able to live without worry of, a, of, a, of an event that's going to help uh, hurt them financially, uh, uh, you know, medical event or disability or whatever. So I guess it's our way of saying we've always asked, said to people, if you're looking for a second opinion, and you would like us to look, have, give you a second opinion individually, we stand ready to help. We're now saying to employers and employees, if you would like a second opinion, we stand ready to help and would be happy to bring our team and corporate services in to create a new standard for benefits and for 401ks. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear other subject matters that may be of interest to you, please check us out at Confluence FP dot com slash podcast.